Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week we talk about real life issues that you're facing and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind, or a mind at peace. I used to be so addicted to fear. Yeah, I just said it. I was addicted to fear. I was addicted to horror movies. I could not wait until the next one came out. I went to haunted houses. I celebrated Halloween. Now, looking back, I didn't really understand how addicting fear really was. Now, if you watch horror movies, if you go to haunted houses or you celebrate Halloween, that is not what I'm here to talk about today. That is between you, your parents, and God. But I want to talk about the addiction that fear has over our lives. It wasn't until a couple years after I became a Christian that I had a conversation with this guy who actually happens to be my husband now. I was talking to him about how I was getting ready to go see the next horror movie that was coming out, and I was so excited about it. And he looked at me, and it wasn't in a judgmental way or anything like that. He looked at me in a way that was like, wow. And then he said something that absolutely revolutionized the way that I think about fear. He said, you know, I don't watch horror movies. And after I picked up my jaw off the floor because I was so surprised, I asked him why. And I remember his response so clearly. He said, I don't understand why people intentionally invite fear into their lives when God tells us not to fear. And then he went on to tell me recently a little bit more about why he never watched horror movies. He said, you know, when he would go out and walk across the city at nighttime, he would never have fears popping up in his mind. He would be on the lookout. He'd be wise, but he wasn't afraid. But one time he watched a horror movie, he found himself like looking behind every tree and every house and thinking, who's hiding in the dark? And he said after that one experience, he realized how much fear just one movie brought into his life. And so he chose from that moment on that he was not going to intentionally invite fear into his life. And I think that's incredible. (laughs) I wish somebody would have told me that from like a very young age because I grew up in a home where all we watched were horror movies. That's why I was addicted to them. Again, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind, or a mind at peace. 1 John 4.18 then goes on to tell us that there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves torment. Whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Let's think about that for a second. There is no fear in love. Well, what is love? Well, we know from 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. So there is no fear in God. 
But perfect love, God's love, casts out all fear because God doesn't want us tormented. When we find that we have to push fear off of us quite often, it just means that we need to soak in God's love just a little bit more. And the more that we soak in God's love, the more that that fear has to go. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, now, doesn't the Bible tell us to fear God? Well, it does. In the Old Testament, it does talk about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and it talks about having fear for God, a holy fear for God. But that word fear does not mean be afraid of God. That word fear means a respect, a reverence, an awe of God because he's so good. He's so magnificent. You know, it amazes me. When I was looking up quotes on fear, I found all kinds of quotes like, fear is a good motivator or a little bit of fear is good. Is a little bit of fear actually good? Is it a good motivator? Let's think about that. God tells us not to fear. He said there's no fear in love. So how is fear a good motivator? How is a little bit of fear good? A little bit of fear is not good. And here is why. As I shared earlier, fear is addicting. When we let just a little bit of fear in, it opens the door to even more fear. It opens the door for the devil to work in our lives. And if you want to know why all those things happened to Job, which I had some people asking me that question after the podcast where we talked about why bad things happen, some of you were asking about Job. Well, what happened to Job? And so I want to talk about that real quick because that goes along perfectly with what we're talking about today. When we see the conversation between God and Satan in Job chapter 1, verse 8, we read that it says, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? If you look in the original Hebrew manuscript of that verse, it doesn't actually say that at all. It's not like God is saying, hey, Satan, look at this person because he's got a lot of faith. I want you to test his faith to see if he's really strong in his faith. So we're going to take away all this stuff and we're going to cause all these things to happen. And I'm just going to let you do it. No, that's not what it actually says. In the original Hebrew manuscript, it actually says, then the Lord said to Satan, I see that you have set your heart on my servant Job. Well, why does Satan have his heart on Job? It was because of fear. Job 3 verse 25 says, and this is Job talking. He says, for the thing I have greatly feared has come upon me and what I dreaded happened to me. Ladies, when we step into fear, it's in that moment that we're basically telling God, God, I don't trust you to take care of me. And ladies, God has given you a free will. He is not going to push past that free will. He's not going to force you to trust him. He will step back and let us have our free will because that's the way God made us. He wants us serving him be a choice that we make. He doesn't want to force us to serve him. That's not real love. That's not a real relationship. If you had a best friend and you forced that best friend, it wasn't like that best friend really wanted to be friends with you, but you forced that best friend to be your best friend, it wouldn't really be much of a friendship, right? It would be like stressful and it would be awkward. You would want a best friend who chooses to be your best friend. You get along, you talk, you hang out, right? And that is the way it is with God too. So he lets us have our free will. He's not going to force you not to have fear. Ladies, sometimes that fear can be so strong, it seems so real. But ladies, fear is a liar. Fear is also a very real feeling that we feel, but it is a liar. You may have heard of the acronym for fear that says false evidence appearing real. That's exactly what fear is. It's a tactic that the enemy uses that is meant to paralyze you and to stop you from being effective 
for making a difference for the Lord. Now, I want to talk about three of the biggest fears that we all face in life. Number one, the fear of of failure. And I read a statistic not too long ago that said something like 80% or 75% of all girls between the ages of 10 and 13 feel like they have to be perfect, that they cannot fail. When we find ourselves fighting that fear of failure, it's because on the inside we're thinking, I am what I do. I am my choices. If I fail, I'm a failure and there's no hope for me. We think, I am what other people say about me. So if they say that I'm a loser, then that means I'm a loser. If they say, oh, look at you, you can never win. That's who I am. And that's what that fear of failure on the inside, that's what we're thinking. Or maybe we're thinking, I don't have the nicest clothes. I don't have the brand new sports car. I don't have a house that is immaculate, that's a million dollar home. And so I'm nothing. But ladies... That doesn't make you nothing. That doesn't make you a failure. If we do mess up, and sometimes we will, that is an act of failing, but that does not make you a failure. Being a failure is an attitude that we take on. We adopt it as our own. Just because you failed at something, it does not mean that you are a failure. You are not defined by the things that you do. You're not defined by the things that people say about you. They don't get that right to define you unless you give it to them. The only one who gets that right to define you is God. And he says that you are amazing. He says that you're victorious. He says that you're more than a conqueror. He says that you're loved, that you're accepted. That is what God says about you. And ladies, you are not defined by what you do or you do not have. Again, the only one that can define you is God because he is the one that made you. All right. So the second type of fear we're going to talk about is the fear of missing out. When we struggle with the fear of missing out, it causes us so much anxiety. It can cause us to be depressed. Ladies, I even read a research study that said that ADD can be linked to the fear of missing out. What also comes with the fear of missing out is us comparing ourselves constantly to those around us. We don't like the way that we look. We don't like the way that we dress. We don't like the things that we do. We don't like even our laugh or our hair or whatever. It's what causes us to check our phone constantly. And if we ever leave the house without our phone, we feel like on the inside that we're going to die, that we can't make it. And ladies, some of you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 11, Solomon is talking about all of these different things that he has. He's the richest man alive, yet he was not content with all of the stuff. He wasn't content with going to the parties or having the certain friends. He was not content with all of the things that we're afraid that we're missing out on. See, when King Solomon wrote this, King Solomon had walked away from God. And he's like, all this stuff, all these things that we fill our life with, we feel like we have to have. It's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything if we don't have God. And the same thing is true for us. The only one who can truly satisfy us is God. So if you find yourself in that place of anxiety, like you feel like you're missing out and you're just not going to have the teen years or the childhood that you wished you could have, it's a very real feeling again. But fear is a liar. When you feel that way, though, you've got to tell your feelings the truth of God's word. Philippians 4, 6-9 says, Do not be anxious for anything. 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Ladies, when you're feeling that fear, go to God, talk to him about it. And then listen to verses eight and nine. It says, finally, whatever is true, God's word is truth. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Ladies, a lot of times when we're feeling that anxiety, it's because we're so focused on what we don't have. We're focused on missing out. And God says, there's a lot of things that you do have. And even if you can't find anything positive, the one thing that you do have is you have a God who loves you so unconditionally. Start praising God for all of the good things that you have. And then verse nine says, what you have learned and received and heard in me, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. Paul, as he's writing the book of Philippians, as he's writing these verses we just read, he is in prison. He was beaten and thrown into prison with the worst of the worst criminals. Why? Because he was sharing the good news of Jesus with those around him. And yet while Paul is in prison, he is choosing joy because he's doing this exact thing. He's thinking about the things that he can be thankful for. And then the last fear that we're going to talk about today is the fear of rejection. I know this feeling all too well. Growing up, I felt like I wasn't wanted. I felt like all the people who were supposed to love me didn't love me. All the people who were supposed to love me would leave me. And I felt rejected. We all on the inside of us have a need to feel wanted. It was a God-given desire placed on the inside of all of us. However, the only person that can actually fill that hole is God. And God says, I love you and I accept you just the way you are. You are so beautiful. But let's talk about the reality of what we face. The Bible calls the fear of rejection, fear of man. And we see this throughout the Bible. Proverbs 29, 25 says the fear of man or the fear of rejection is a trap, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. When we are stuck in that place where we feel rejected and we have to be liked by others and we find ourselves people pleasing, that is a trap that we put ourselves in where we have to continue to do that over and over again. or We don't feel wanted, but when we trust in the Lord, we feel safe. We are secure. We're no longer insecure about all the little things. Now we are secure in who we are and nothing can shake us. Peter had a problem with the fear of rejection. Jesus asked him three times. Jesus said, do you love me? And when Jesus is asking him this, he's saying, do you love me with the unconditional love that I love you with? And Peter, when he responds, he says, oh, you know, I love you like a brother. Okay, that's not what Jesus asked. He wasn't asking for brotherly love. He was asking for that unconditional love. So Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me with the unconditional love that I love you with? Peter says, oh yeah, you know, I love you like a brother. And the third time Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me with the same unconditional love that I love you with? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you with that same unconditional love. Peter got to a place in his heart where he was so on fire for God. He was so bold for God. And shortly after that, you know what happened? Peter was so afraid of rejection that he denied knowing Jesus three different times when Jesus was arrested and going to the cross. Even so much so that he used bad language to get people to believe him. He was looking and sounding like the world because he was so afraid of what the people would think. 
God doesn't want us to stay in that place of fear of rejection. He doesn't want us to stay in that place of fearing people and what they think about us. He even tells us in Jeremiah chapter one that he will deliver us from their faces. And that means that he's going to deliver us from the fear of rejection. You're accepted by God, ladies, and he wants to walk with you on this journey. When you mess up, yeah, go to God, ask for forgiveness. When you've asked for forgiveness, he forgives you and he chooses not to remember it anymore. God loves you, ladies, and he's not going to leave you to walk this on your own. Again, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So if you start to feel those feelings of the fear of failure or the fear of missing out or the fear of rejection, find some of these verses that we talked about in today's episode, write them down and begin to speak them over your life. 2 Timothy 1.7 is a great one to start with and just speak it. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a mind at peace. Thank you, Lord. Begin to speak it over your life and watch how that fear begins to go. All right, ladies, I hope that this episode really helped you this week. Now, as we say every single week, I want you to repeat after me and just really mean it from your heart as you're repeating it. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, quick announcement. If you are not yet on our email list, you are going to want to be on our email list this week because at the beginning of next week, I'm going to be sending out an email that you are not going to want to miss. To get signed up on our email list, all you have to do is go to the Uncommon Teen app, scroll down to the tab that says don't miss a thing and put your name and email in there and you can get signed up that way. Or you can go to uncommonteen.com and go all the way down to the bottom of the homepage and you can get signed up there as well. Now, just another quick announcement for all of the adults who might be listening in to this podcast for Christian Teen Girls. If you have the desire to work with teens or you do work with teens, I would love to connect with you. If you would go to the Uncommon Teen app, click on the tab that says connect with Jamie and let me know a little bit about your heart and what it is that you do. All right, ladies, have an amazing week and we'll see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know just how much God really does love you. Now, I want you to repeat after me, and I want you to mean it with all your heart. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, so I have a question for you. What does your summer look like? What is one thing that you are going to do this summer that is going to change your life forever. What are you going to do this summer to help you make friends who love Jesus that will help you grow in your walk with God all while having a blast? If your answer is, well, (laughs) not really a whole lot. Well, I have something just for you that will help you do all of those things. Are you interested? What if you did something this summer that could change your life forever? Ladies, I want to invite you to join me for Uncommon Teen Live 2024 because you are going to do just that. You are going to meet your new besties. 
you're going to have a blast and grow in your walk with God. So grab your parents, head on over to UncommonTeen.com and grab your tickets today.